Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S. US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. Uh, the suspect is deceased at this point. Uh, DPS is assisting with the investigation. Um, and at this point, the investigation is leading uh, to tell us that the, the suspect uh, did act alone uh, during this hyenas crime. Horrible, horrible news coming out of Uvalde, Texas, yesterday afternoon. In fact, we were still on air when uh, the first news begin to trickle out of the massacre that had taken place it's being it's considered one of the worst school shootings in our nation's history uh and it is we're still learning more information we're still we still everybody still has a lot of questions it's one of those it's a it's a hard thing to discuss welcome to the show today i'm dana lash it it is wednesday and we are awaiting later on in this program a press conference from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He is going to share some new information, uh, give a little bit of a lay of the land, etc. And when we get information, you guys know how I handle these things. When, when we get information, I share it with you. I don't speculate. I'm not going to get into anything that has not been confirmed by law enforcement because it's a uh, where we have parents that are just learned about apparently they they said this morning that just now the uh, families of victims have been fully notified. So there are families that are just now getting the horrible truth about their loved ones. And so it's a it's a it's a it's it's heart wrenching. It's it's heartbreaking. I think the nation is heartsick over this. So this is how we're going to handle discussing this today. And as you know, I, we don't say the murderer's name. We don't show him on screen. I don't show, I don't, I don't say the murderer's name. I don't do any of this uh, because I, there, we've talked about a number of studies where there's some copycat stuff that arises as a result of some of this. And so we don't feed into that. But what I will do is we're going to go over what happened. There was a lot, initially, whenever stories like this take place, whenever there's any big story, I'm not saying specifically a massacre, I'm saying any big story, you have a lot of conflicting information uh, right out of the gate. So I'm going to go into what we do know, what is confirmed. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of what the law is for the purpose of educating people what the law is. There's been a lot of misinformation out, I mean, actual misinformation uh, as to laws in Texas, etc. And then later on, uh, as, as we get into this, we're going to get into some of the reaction of it. And I really wish 
and I think that we have to keep politics. You got to. You, you, I think you have to keep politics out of solutions. I don't like to create any kind of political air around stories like this, but I will respond to inaccuracies. So what we do know is that the fatality count increased. Uh, you it, and it took this took place in Uvalde, Texas at an elementary school and apparently from what we understand uh, most of the fatalities came out of one grade an 18 year old went on a rampage and was shot dead by police he killed 19 fourth graders and two teachers at rob elementary school we don't know anything about the motive we know that apparently this began as a domestic incident. He shot his grandmother in the head at home. She is in critical condition, is expected to survive, but she's in critical condition. He shot his grandmother in the head. He reportedly stole her car, and this is according to law enforcement, drove it to school and crashed it in a ditch before he walked into the, a classroom through an unlocked door. That was confirmed by law enforcement and opened fire. And the grandmother is believed to be a 66-year-old woman. And we, and like I said, we're going to, we're going to get into all of this. But I want to give the facts right now. There's a lot of questions. I know, I know. Let's take it a bit at a time, though. Uh, there was, there were original, uh, and I know it was reported initially that he was fleeing Border Patrol. I don't think that there was, and I hope to have more information about this later. Um, because there were reports that he was shooting at, there were initial reports that he was shooting at a funeral home, and that, all, and, and I want to wait and hear what's confirmed by law enforcement. But what we do know is that apparently law enforcement was called after he shot his grandmother. Now, we don't really know a lot about anything else in his home. We know about a grandfather. We don't know anything about a father. His mother apparently was reported to be a drug addict. Um, and that's what we know. Now, in terms of, because everyone's talking, obviously, about uh, firearms, when we should be talking about solutions to protect kids. But 19 fourth graders, two teachers at Robb Elementary School, they've named uh, several of the victims already, uh, including one of the teachers who's been, one of the teachers has been named. As for the weapons that he used, what we know is that he apparently, he had legally purchased one. Uh, and and uh, and reportedly passed a background check at Oasis Outback. And it was about ten minutes from his house. Uh, the grandfather, who is seventy four, gave an interview to ABC News yesterday evening, and said that neither he nor the grandmother were aware that their grandson had purchased firearms. And the grandfather added that he himself has a past felony conviction. So he is a prohibited possessor and cannot even be in a home with firearms. Now, the rifles that that he had purchased, uh, one of them was purchased at the, uh, uh, was purchased legally and apparently he, he went through uh, a background check. He turned 18 on May 16th. He had uh, a few hundred rounds of ammunition. 
There was reports, and this was confirmed by both law enforcement and Governor Greg Abbott yesterday, that he also had a handgun. I And I don't know anything else about that, and I hope to get more information. Abbott had said yesterday in his press conference that they had confirmed that he had a handgun. They were trying to confirm that he had a rifle because they didn't know what he went into the school with and what he didn't. And we'll get into that later. But just basically, the, the family had said, uh, the grandfather said that the teenager was quiet uh, and that he did not live with his mother because they had problems. And... When he had op- when the teenager had opened fire, it was a neighbor that had called the grandfather to tell him his wife had been shot. By the time the grandfather got to the house, the teenager had escaped. The eighteen-year-old escaped in his grandmother's car, and there he apparently posted receipts for his purchase of his firearms on social media, and he uh, had picked up. He per- made his purchases online but pick that had to pick them up for an ffl um the and that's something that for people to understand as it relates to law you can purchase something online but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you purchase any kind of transaction like that especially because uh the he apparently purchased it through daniel defense uh they're based in georgia that is an out state doesn't matter again because he's 18 uh, it has to go through ffl period so he would have had to have gone to a retailer to get either of his rifles and that means in order to pick them up he would have had to undergo a background check to purchase them and we know he at least passed one of the background checks so uh and we'll come back to that he apparently had a job at wendy's where colleagues said he accosted female staff but he was bullied for his clothes and looked poor but he was able to apparently save enough money for two rifles. Uh, and they're, they're, I would imagine, I mean, anywhere from, from that plus the ammunition, maybe 26 to 3,000, a little over 3,000. Uh, when they say, and it's the way it's been reported is he had a job at Wendy's. So I don't know if he was still employed by them at this time, at the time that all of this happened, or if he had quit. Uh, he apparently dropped out of school during COVID lockdown. That was one thing that law enforcement had confirmed in two separate, uh, there were two separate statements that were given. One was off camera, one was in a press conference that was, that was uh, they had mentioned he wasn't in school. He had dropped out of school during lockdown, so we know that. Uh, and the Robb Elementary School is where he, is where he targeted. And Uvalde is near San Antonio. There was a lot of, discussion from people about how he would talk to his mother and how they did not get along and there was a lot of problems there etc so it's i mean it's horrible it's heart-wrenching and it's enraging beyond a point that is capable of human description because you had a classroom full of elementary school children and you had 19 of them that were murdered and you had two teachers why target a school nobody knows we have no idea there were i know there's a lot of speculation about who worked where and when etc but it is it's speculation now what we do know about the school is that there apparently was no from what i've seen from reports and i'm telling you this as someone who has literally taken a security team to her children's school 
and did a full comprehensive evaluation of our school. I mean, with it flew in a team from New York and did a full comprehensive evaluation. The school, one thing that we do know is that this murderer entered through an unlocked door. And apparently, now there's someone uh, we, that uh, I, I, was, I was having a, a conversation with someone who works in, who works in state legislation, state, Texas state legislature and had uh, family from the area and was very familiar with the school. And apparently, and this was, uh, it was an unlocked door. Apparently some of the classrooms have doors that lead right to the outside. Now we don't know if that was one of those classrooms, but I'm just saying there was an unlocked door, a four foot high fence, didn't appear to be any kind of, that I have seen from any of the footage of the school or have read in any of the reports that I've poured over any kind of security system there. So that's obviously something that's going to be discussed. It's heartbreaking and it's horrifying. And it is uh, incredibly tragic. Incredibly tragic. So there's been a lot made. This, This happened, I think we first got the information in Steve, we were on air, and I think it was towards the last half hour of our show, and we've learned a lot of information then. So that is, those are the details that we know. One other bit of information is that apparently this murderer was bragging on uh, social media about what he was going to do. He had posted photos of of his firearms on his Instagram account. He tagged a woman that he didn't really know in all of the photos, and messaged her and he said I have a secret I want to tell you he had a smiley face emoji covering its mouth he says I'm about to and it freaked the messages that were published it really freaked the girl out and that's that was confirmed to be his account um, and law enforcement referred to it in one of the press conference and one of the statements that they made excuse me yesterday so that is what we know now, one other quick bit of information. The school apparently uses a student, a social media monitoring system where they cite their student social media accounts. Now, they may not have seen this because he dropped out. There's a question there as well. So we have a lot to discuss. We're going to get into the reaction and we're going to tell you also what to expect. We're going to break down fact and myth. And then, obviously, a lot of people talking about the primary election results. That's a big story, but not it's secondary to the tragedy that took place in Uvalde, Texas, yesterday. We have more to come. In 2021, there were more than 3 million new gun owners in the United States. And now, around 42% of all households in the United States have a firearm. People support the Second Amendment. For firearm enthusiasts, suppressors are a good idea when practicing at the range, indoors or outdoors. I mean, a suppressor doesn't silence your firearm, but it does help to protect your hearing. And even more so for those who like to spend a lot of time training with their firearms. My friends at Silencer Shop are the industry leader for suppressors. They're a Texas-based company, and their customer reviews are 
awesome. So if you're new to shooting Suppress, I want you to know that Silencer Shop has made the NFA process easy. Details are online at silencershop.com with free shipping and no transfer fees. And their suppressors start at just $365. Search Silencer Shop on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and spend more time at the range protected with a suppressor that's right for you. See their variety and how to get yours through silencershop.com. That's silencershop.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So as I said, we had primary elections uh, in a number of states yesterday, including Arkansas, Georgia, Texas, uh, and uh, Governor Brian Kemp won the GOP nomination uh, for Governor Stacey Abrams. So we got round two here. Stacey Abrams won the Democrat nomination for Governor. Uh, and as I told you, media was focusing a lot on uh, David Perdue, Brian Kemp. Trump kind of washed his hands of Perdue in the last two weeks leading up to this primary election. Uh, and he had endorsed Perdue uh, in opposition to Kemp. So Kemp ended up winning over that. So it's going to be Kemp v. Abrams again. So there you go. Uh, also, Elon Musk has deepened his feud with Bill Gates. He's been promoting an article. Well, it's actually a study. I mean, it's, it's this isn't anything that's not legitimate. Uh, but he's been promoting this article saying that the Microsoft mogul poured millions of dollars into a dark money fund that targets him. Uh, it's uh, Musk responded to an article claiming that Gates funded attacks on him. And this latest blow of words between the two bridges men on Earth uh, and the article uh, reports that Gates Foundation donated to 11 of the 26 signatories of an open letter pushing a boycott distri- distributing the cash through a new venture fund and Tides Foundation. Now, sidebar, Tides Foundation was started by legitimately, and there are receipts, and you have to go look at their tax, uh, pay, their their documentation uh, from their tax status. Tides Foundation was actually founded by George Soros. And so it's from Tides Foundation that Media Matters and a whole bunch of other entities are funded. They're characterized as dark money groups. And so the Gates Foundation donated to a number of these 11 of these 26 uh, signatories of this letter that pushed a boycott of Musk, Tesla, Twitter, etc. ISIS had plotted to assassinate George W. Bush by exploiting the border. We have a lot more coming up, including universal background checks and what to expect. Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world and I can get you two free pounds. So our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code Dana. So not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best-selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Did you you know that he bought those weapons? No. Like I said, I don't like weapons. I cannot be around weapons. Because you have a record. Yeah. And it's illegal for you to actually be around. Yeah, that's right. I cannot be around guns. I I hate when I see all the news, all those people that get shot. I'm against all that. 
I said, why do they let these people buy guns and all that? Those stupid whatever they shoot. And Rolando, when you heard about the shooting, what did you do? Did you even know that it was your grandson? No, the, 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 the neighbor called me. He told me she had been shot. And when I came over here, he told me that he, he had taken off on the... And your, son, your grandson didn't have a driver's license, right? No. He didn't even know how to drive. No. Ah, oh, heartbreaking. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. That video that you heard was from the grandfather of the murderer. It was an interview conducted with ABC yesterday evening. And the grandfather and grandmother, from what we know, the murderer lived with his grandparents and did not have a good relationship with his mother. There were, I think it was CBS... I have to look. CBS and a few others that had uh, the mother, they reported that the mother was a drug addict. No word at all whatsoever on the father. Uh, not at all. So we have, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds, it seems like the problem, in the life at home wasn't good. And this is all important to discuss because, you know, I have to tell you, when we have these discussions, we want to figure out how to stop things like this. And we want to figure out what the solutions are. And there are a lot of, poli- there are a lot of politicians out there. Nobody here, can I just be real? No one's asking the questions that need to be asked. No one, I would love to know, did they have an SRO? Bill Malugin said that Texas DPS told him there was in fact a an uh, an officer on campus now from what we understand the entire district has three sros total well that's a whole district that they have to divide three sros between and a lot of this comes down to budget which i'm going to address in a minute texas dps had told bill malugin that there was in fact a school police officer on campus at rob elementary who exchanged gunfire with the murderer and the officer was shot and injured and that point He said that is the point at which the murderer ran inside of the school, barricaded himself in a class. Now, here's something that is important. And I want to be very clear with my words. We you can love and love police and et cetera. Not every officer is some officers have never even drawn their gun in, in, in a situation like that. I think that we need to increase our training for law enforcement. And I think that especially any kind of officers that are doing school duty, we absolutely do. Because there's a lot of things that go, there's basic training and then there's, there's training beyond that. And in this instance, when you have someone who is you know, charging you and you're exchanging gunfire with a murderer, the guy was able to access and get in the school because of an unlocked door. Officers need to make sure, number one, that we have them trained and that they're that not just with basic, you know, not just with identifying threats, neutralizing threats, situational awareness, et cetera, et cetera. But we also need to make sure that we're, we're that they are able to, especially schools, especially with schools, that they're able to go beyond a lot of the basic training. I'll be real with you. A lot of police departments offer bare minimum. I have a lot of friends that do contracted work. That have wor- that are working with police departments around the United States to increase their training for a number of things, and I'm thankful for that. But the problem here is that the, this this murderer was able to access the school through an unlocked door. Texas has spent in 2019 211 million dollars on school security. 
I have the budget report. I posted it on Twitter. I went over it last night. In fact, the last previous two years, hundreds of millions of dollars spent on school safety specifically. What is the money being spent on? That's what I would like to know. What is the money being spent on? You had $211 million. The biennium, the, the biennium report, May 2020, Legislative Budget Board staff under school safety, and it talks about the school safety infrastructure enhancements, $211 million. May 2020, including amounts in Senate, this was, there, were, there was the, uh, a supplement and then there was another bill that was passed. Budgeted for fiscal year 2019, there was new funding provided for school safety programs totaling $343.5 million. Where is the, where's this money going? How is it being spent? Is it being spent? Because we know that there were a lot of security allotments in the coronavirus spending bill for schools. Has that also been spent? Here are the questions that not a single politician, including many Republicans, here are questions that not a single one of these politicians are asking. Number one, how did this murderer get into the school? Number two, what security did this school have? And how can we protect schools like we protect our concerts and our banks and our museums? Number three, where were his parents and the adults in his life? Number four, how did he obtain a handgun? That was something both law enforcement and Governor Abbott reported. How? He's 18. 18 USC 922, I think it's B1, states that you can't do that if you're under, you can't be running around with a handgun if you're under 21. Number six, no one in his house saw what was going on. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to insanely blame someone for the actions of an 18-year-old criminal who lived at home and dropped out of school, start in the home. And not with the millions of law-abiding people who carry every single day without issue. There's been a lot of talk about the gun lobby this, the gun lobby that. The gun lobby didn't head his household. The gun lobby didn't neglect to monitor his behavior. The gun lobby didn't neglect to secure the school. The gun lobby didn't leave any doors unlocked. And the gun lobby did not tell him to murder anyone. Talking about, quote-unquote, gun lobby, this mythical boogeyman... That doesn't bring us to solutions. That's just politicizing a tragedy to secure more power for yourself. That's all that is. It's just insane. And a lot of hate out there. A lot of hate. Including from the President of the United States. I want to play this audio. And it's, it's, it's incredibly unfortunate. But he spoke yesterday. I think this is audio soundbite four. Uh, or no, sorry, sorry, audio soundbite ten. Let's play this. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done? Hmm. I don't understand the thing about the gun lobby, though. That that said, what about the the? I mean, you could just very well say the anti-gun lobby. I don't understand that. What does that have to do with having unlocked doors on a school that someone is able to just run in? I don't know about you guys. I've been hearing from parents all over our listening area. I had a mom who 
had emailed me and she was saying, I, I have to go through three sets of locked doors, a vestibule area, and then another vestibule area that has one door in and out to the front office, and then I have to go through another locked door just to access the school from that office. That was a mom telling me this, and and she's she was. Let me pull this up. Well, she was she her 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 daughter is uh, in a, a school on the north in the northeast, saying that this is where this is all the stuff that she. I've been hearing from parents about how was this person able to just go into a school when and they were they were telling me all the stuff that they have to do just to just to pick their own children up. How does this happen? I mean, the four, the four, I don't understand the fence. I mean, the four foot tall fence. My gosh, what does that do? He can hop over it. So that's a under a size of a hurdle. Do they, were they part of Texas's guardian program? Federally, all schools are gun free zones. The gun free school zone act has been established law for quite some time. And the gun free school zone act states that you may not have any type of weapon at all whatsoever. You cannot have a firearm within. And this is this is the Gun Free School Zones Act has been this has been since 1990. You can't possess any kind of loaded or or uh, unsecured firearm within a thousand feet of of school property. And by school property, I don't mean the front doors of the building. I mean the edge of the property touching the easement from a thousand beyond that. You cannot have a firearm around a school. This has been federal law for 30 years. Additionally, Texas passed more law to strengthen the penalties for any kind of weapons crimes related to any firearm around a school zone. So this is something else. Any weapons crime that is committed within 300 feet of a school the punishment is increased one degree under the Texas Weapon-Free Zone Law. Statute 4611. And even with the Guardian programs, even a police officer in the state of Texas, you have to have written permission from the school to carry onto their premises, like, so, like with a Guardian program. That's, I don't understand what the, it's unhelpful. When he first started his speech last night, I thought, oh my gosh, he might actually give a, a good, this might actually, oh, and then I was, you know, immediately was proven wrong because he started, he yelled, he raised his voice, you just heard it. I don't understand what this has to do with the gun lobby. This is politicking, it's unhelpful, it's vapid. And it never gets to any solutions. All they do is scream about things that don't actually solve the problem. So you ban guns. Great. Do you realize that according to a DOJ study that was conducted in 2019, 77% of firearms obtained by felons are done on the black market? The rest are straw purchases. So you have 77% of of firearms that are used in homicides that are purchased on the black market. You tell me what banning guns is going to do then. That means only those people that got that 70, those 77% of firearms to use in, in crimes, they'll be armed, but you won't. What is that going to do? What is it 
What does it matter if someone can just walk right into your classroom? The situation at Parkland, and I have dear friends, Andy Pollock, uh, the Petties. I have several families that are dear friends of mine. And we've gotten to know each other and become very close through tragedy. Do you know that in Parkland, they had done a comprehensive assessment months before that massacre? Where they had someone who had actually been with Secret Service, who had a child in that district, and they went through that, they went into that school, and what they did is they wanted to see how far they could get. And they took post-its and they stuck post-its on every student as they walked through the halls. And that was basically representing a shot. And they presented those findings to the school and Robert Runcie and Scott Israel did nothing. Did you guys know that? It's true. Andy Pollock wrote a book on it. If you're not securing your schools, what is it? What is nothing else is going to matter? We have more on this on the way. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Um, unless you are literally planning on putting an, an, an army battalion at every school in this country, mm. it only takes a handful of minutes for an individual with an assault weapon to kill 20 or 30 people. There is no way, as we saw yesterday, that you are going to be able to prevent these murders simply by putting more weapons into schools, churches, and shopping malls. Welcome back to the program. So that is one, which one is that? Murphy? Murphy. Senator Chris Murphy, who I I don't know what his point there is. He said, unless you're literally putting, you know, I, I amplified a point that was made by a listener. We had a battalion of police officers out there to arrest parents who were speaking up at school board meetings, but we can't protect our kids. And furthermore, there are a number of security measures that you can take that most people can't even see. If Murphy knew anything about security and how to harden soft targets, he would understand this. And this is a conversation we're going to have in the coming days. Starting with locking your doors is one. Having higher perimeter fences. I actually do not, I only support, I'm going to, let me just tell you from what I've learned from a number of people who I have worked with and I have trained with who do this for a living and they make sure that schools, colleges, hospitals, they do this for a living. Most people actually that I know of, um, they don't really like, most of the, the security 
consulting firms that I know of and have worked with and have trained with, they don't even they don't like actually uh, armed or I mean, uh, sorry, uniformed armed officers. They like their armed officers to be not in a uniform. Because if you are targeting someone, you're going to go for the first person that looks authoritative and like what apparently happened in Uvalde. You're going to go after the person who's going to stop you first. And most of them prefer having uh, plainclothes armed officers. And I agree with that. Although there were a couple who liked the idea of at an entrance having an armed officer. But but that makes that armed officer the target. But then if you have plainclothes, you have to have layers. Israel does this. You have layers of security. You have You have force multipliers. You have your actual physical security. You have situational awareness. One of the things that the school had was that AI software, and we're going to talk about that coming up. Although I don't know whether or not what role that played in this this 18-year-old social media post. We're going to have a lot more conversation about this as the show is underway. Second hour in moments. Stick with us. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons is just wrong. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for except to kill someone? Deer aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. It's just sick. Well, that is President Biden, who I thought that was a joke when he said the the gun, the deer and Kevlar thing. I couldn't. But he actually ran with that as a legitimate thing. That was pretty wild. Welcome back to the second hour of the program. Dana Lash here. A very difficult news day after the horrific massacre that took place in Uvalde, Texas yesterday. It happened. The news began. The news began kind of filtering in uh, towards the last uh, half hour of our show yesterday, and then the fatalities started coming in. Uh, 19 school elementary school children and two teachers. And the suspect, an 18-year-old. An 18-year-old who apparently uh, had a domestic incident at his home, shot his grandmother in the head. She is in c- critical condition. Uh, and uh, then fled the scene. Neighbor called the grandfather Uh, The grandfather came home, but the 18-year-old had already fled the scene and then crashed the car. And apparently, according to law enforcement, I'm pulling this up, uh, Texas DPS told Bill Malugin that 
there was a school police officer on campus at Robb Elementary, and the the 18-year-old murderer was exchanging gunfire with this officer. The officer was shot and injured, and that's the moment when the murderer was able to access the inside of the school from an unlocked open door and barricaded himself in a classroom. And then he began killing. And it is heartbreaking. A nation is heartsick today. There's a lot of questions. Uh, we are awaiting a press conference from Texas Governor Greg Abbott, which is going to be happening uh, later on during our program, and we will take that. We don't know anything else. We don't know anything about the, the 18-year-old's dad. And and by the way, I'm only going to refer to him as the 18-year-old. I have a policy on my show. I have a policy with every uh, anything I do. Um, and we've talked about this previously. I don't like to, um, we don't name murderers. We don't talk about, we don't name murderers. We don't show them. And we, we don't do any of that because I think that they are, I agree with a lot of the studies that have been done about copycat actions and the uh, uh, obsession that some sick people have uh, and the uh, lionization of these murderers by some of these sick copycats. And so we don't, we don't do that. So the 18-year-old apparently passed a background check, purchased two rifles, meaning universal background checks would not have worked. He reportedly had a handgun, but we don't know how he obtained that. That was something that both law enforcement and the Texas governor shared in both a statement and then with the governor, respectively, a live press conference yesterday afternoon. Uh, but we don't know really about the handgun. And we, we don't know if he had it on him when he went to the school, what he had on him when he went to the school. We're still waiting for some, for some clarification on that. Uh, additionally, uh, the mother apparently he did, did not live with his mother. The mother is was reported by a couple of news agencies to be a drug addict, but they that was a source of some uh, discord in the home. Uh, he had had a job at Wendy's. Some of the female and I don't now what isn't clear is whether he still worked there when this happened or not. One of the reasons that came up is because law enforcement was looking into how he was able to purchase not just his rifles, but in looking at how he got the handgun and also. Uh, the uh, vest that he had. He had a, uh, a tactical vest, like a plate carrier, but apparently did not have any actual ballistic protection in it. So he did not have any kind of bulletproof vest. Uh, uh, I think it was someone with DPS that came out and revised that right before we were going on air. And so uh, the the Wendy's job, we don't know if he worked there, was currently employed there when this happened or if he had quit. We do know that he had dropped out of school during the COVID lockdown. And... That is, uh, was able to access, and this was confirmed, access the school through an unlocked door. And a lot of questions, lots and lots and lots of questions. And again, I only go with information that's been confirmed. I will not go with any speculation. Some of the questions that we have include, well, we know that the Robb Elementary School, we know that the school district had three SROs, but that's quite a, that's a limited amount when you're spreading that amongst multi-campus district. Uh, additionally, we don't know if there was any kind of warning system in place. The fence, uh, the perimeter fence was apparently only four foot tall. The doors were apparently not locked. There was no, there was, that's all we know. It doesn't appear that the school had any kind of security system. Uh, and one of the things that was uh, stated, too, is that Uvalde, and I thought this was this was kind of interesting, Uvalde School District, they were part of what is uh, this AI program. And the AI program monitors the student's social media for any kind of threats, anything, you know, any kind of potential criminal activity. And I'm stating this not as an endorsement or whatever of software, because I have people bring that up whenever I say it. 
But this is what they had. And this murderer, it was confirmed by law enforcement, was active on social media and was posting photos of his uh, rifles that he had obtained through a background check, had posted those on Instagram. He turned, I think it was on May 6th that he turned 18 years old. And after he turned 18, he purchased these rifles. Uh, And it looks like, I mean, maybe with the rifles, a few hundred rounds of ammunition. I mean, you're looking at a little over $2,000, I would imagine. And uh, they, the software that they use, that Uvalde uses, it's supposed to find any kind of um, threats or anything like that in any sort of digital conversations. And they monitor their, their, their students' social media. Now, what we don't know is when he dropped out of school. When did this 18-year-old drop out of school? Was it recently? Because if it was recently, then I would imagine that he was still being surveyed by this AI. If it wasn't, well, then it would make sense if it didn't catch him because then he... You know, they he would have been dropped out and they would not have him re-enrolled for this new year. So we don't know that at, at what point he dropped out. And so hopefully uh, we can get some more information about that when they do have their press conference and give us so far. They've only been releasing statements, which is understandable uh, because it was uh, uh, a horrific scene and they were still notifying family as of early this morning. And uh, just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. And in response to this, we've heard a lot of calls from uh, a lot of calls from uh, politicians for gun control, et cetera, et cetera. And I played for you that soundbite there from the president. He had tweeted to this quote. It's just sick, Biden writes, that gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marketing assault weapons, which make them some of the biggest profits. For God's sake, he says, let's have the courage to stand up to the industry. I'm, I, I don't know what he means. According to his own Department of Justice, 77 percent, actually it's up to 79 percent of weapons obtained by criminals are via the black market through theft and straw purchase, which he said back in 2013 during a phone call with reporters of which I have the transcript that he doesn't have the time. We, his, his direct quote was, quote, we don't have the time to prosecute everyone who falsifies a 4473, end quote, meaning we don't have the time to falsify people who lie on the paperwork. The form that you fill out to purchase your firearm is called a 4473. That's the number of the, the, of the report. And that's what goes through the National Criminal Instant Background Check System that it goes through. You have the National Crime Information Center. There are a ton of classifications of ineligible people, whether you're a felon, if you're a domestic abuser, you're ineligible. You got a restraining order against you, you're ineligible. You can be adjudicated mentally unfit. There's a number of things. And it, then it comes back. Uh, through the FFL and it determines whether or not you can actually walk out of the store with that firearm or not. And he was saying that we they don't have time to they, to, to uh, prosecute people who falsify 4473s. The, the black market is always going to exist. This has nothing to do what you the black market will always exist. But I'm going to tell you what shouldn't continue existing. Unlock doors on schools, no security at schools. As I, the point that I, I, I said this last hour, and I thought it was a great point I wanted to amplify, made by a listener. All of the police that we had out to police parents at school board meetings and arrest them, we can't do an eighth of that for our students. And I also don't think that this is a funding issue. I have the, uh, I have some information, and I posted. This is on Twitter. If you care to look, the link and screenshots. 
Texas spent about three hundred million dollars on school safety, and the and and the uh, in twenty nineteen it was like uh, two hundred and eleven alone, two hundred eleven million dollars. Where is it going? Where's where it was specifically for school safety infrastructure enhancements? And if you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show on the first, Juan has a screenshot up there for you that discusses the budget. This is the twenty nineteen. It talks about the funds specifically marked for school safety infrastructure. A hundred million here, a hundred million there, ten point nine million here. You know, you got a, a another, you know, nine point uh, seven two. So in total, it was two hundred and eleven million dollars earmarked specifically for school safety enhancements. What do we have to show for it? And it was specifically not just for. It, one area or another area depended upon property tax. It was an allotment that was for schools throughout the state, throughout the Republic of Texas. So I'm curious as to how this money is being spent, if this money is being spent. And the reason why I ask if is because the COVID relief funds included money for school safety also. Not all of that has even, I, don't, I think, what is it? Not even 10% has been touched from what I understand. I had a headline on this two days ago. Why? Because clearly there are some things that we can do. Build a higher fence at that school. For, lock the doors for one at that school. Build a higher fence. Evil is real. And I'm going to tell you, evil does not look like you think it will. That is one of the biggest misconceptions about a threat. Evil does not have a race or a sex. It doesn't have an age. It has no physical markers. But it exists. Which is why you have to have multiple layers of security. We can talk about guns six way to Sunday. But it seems incredibly vapid and unhelpful to me. To have a conversation about blame and try to talk about manufacturers and the gun lobby and millions of law-abiding Americans who every day carry with no incident. And not talk about an 18-year-old who came from a troubled home who apparently had no adults in his life monitoring him or guiding him. They apparently either didn't care or didn't bother with The fact that he had dropped out of school over lockdown. He was posting all of this stuff on social media. He was posting this stuff on... And and apparently was messaging with uh, a female who was really freaked out by his messages. And the screenshots are available online. They were made public and it was confirmed by law enforcement. Where were the parents and the adults in his life? If you're going to blame people for the actions of an 18-year-old criminal, it's the 18-year-old criminal, number one. But what about in the home? You're telling me that, look, I'm, I, I come from a huge family. I got 23 cousins. My grandparents helped raise a number of them. My grandmother knew exactly what you were doing, where you were, who you were with, and she didn't even have a cell phone. Money has nothing to do with it. They were poor and they lived in a 700 square foot house. No joke. Tiny little home. 
on the side of an abandoned mine in Iron County, Missouri. She knew where everyone was and what they were doing, when they left, when they were coming back. She could make one phone call and find out your entire life history. I honestly think that my grandmother was probably more comprehensive than the National Crime Information Center. There was nothing you were going to bring in that house and hide from her. There was nothing you were going to do. And that her and my grandfather, both. There is money, wealth, none of that stuff, where you're from, who you look like, what sex you are, your age, where you're at. None of that has to do with being engaged. Being disengaged is a choice. We have a massive epidemic in this country of broken young men. And we don't have a single politician with the brass to say anything about it, much less propose solutions. So we'll discuss it on the show. Biden's disinformation governance board bites the dust. Several nail-biter races on primary night, and so far, Republicans are turning out in much bigger numbers than Democrats in key states. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. We have a short time on this one. I apologize for going long previously. Dozens of cases awaiting an opinion from SCOTUS, and that's something that's going to be coming down in the next couple of weeks, including the Dobbs v. Jackson case. Additionally, not a lot of discussion about four teenagers who were shot within a 15-hour span in South Carolina. Some are wondering, is it because they're black teenagers? Daily Mail has that story. And also, National Teacher's Guide advises using against using terms like parent, male, female, mother, and father. More on that coming up. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here, and we've been uh, carrying for you. And I, it's, they're getting close to starting to to wrap up this press conference that they've been having from Uvalde, Texas, and uh, we've been going over some of this, uh, getting some new information. One of the th- questions that I have is the director of the of DPS, T- uh, Texas uh, Department of Public Safety had said that there was a school resource officer, an SRO, that approached this murderer outside of the facility, and yet he was still able to obtain entry through an unlocked door. I don't know what... I want more details about that, and as we get some more details, we're going to bring those to you. Uh, but that's, that's, that's what we do know, and apparently it was someone from Customs and Border Patrol that actually shot and killed the murderer, uh, neutralized this murderer. That's one of the things that they did discuss during this press conference. And this is, it, it, it's, it's horrific. There's so many questions still that people have, uh, and they're going through the process of answering those with respect to the families because families just this morning uh, were still finding out whether or not they had a loved one uh, to sit at the table still. And uh, it's it's been incredibly it's uh, it, it, they're they're going to give information. It's still ongoing investigation as they're able to. So we are 
going to dive into this further, bring you the latest. Stick with us. A very, very hard and news-filled day here on The Dana Show. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. The press conference that we have been following for the past half hour with uh, Lieutenant Uh, with Governor Greg Abbott, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, the uh, mayor of Uvalde, Texas, Don McLaughlin, the sheriff and others, has just concluded. Wanted to bring up some some of the things discussed. There was a lot of questions on school safety. There were also, uh, there was also discussion, and I would, I still feel that we need more questions on this. Maybe we would have had more time had Beto O'Rourke not interrupted and did a grandstand at the uh, uh, press conference. But DPS... Uh, said that the school resource officer approached the murderer outside of Robb Elementary, but the murderer was still able to enter the school. And I'm curious as to how. Uh, Well, we know he got in through a locked door. We know there was a door unlocked. That's already been confirmed by law enforcement. That's how he was able to walk in. But how, how, what, what happened? I think there's still some detail that needs to be released and discussed there. Um, I, I, I don't know. I know there were apparently, I, from what we knew prior, three SRO, uh, three SROs for the district. And I guess that was one of them. And I, I'm just not, just not sure. There's still so many questions. Now, what I do, and a quick thing, I, I'm, I am aggravated and may God put a hand over my mouth on this. Because we were, you know, live on air and you had Beto O'Rourke, who's running for governor, who went to Uvalde, got up and started yelling and uh, pointing fingers. And the mayor, Don McLaughlin, who called him the sick SOB, uh, you heard that loud and clear in the audio was all live. Um, the mayor, uh, Don McLaughlin, stood up and he was the one who he told law enforcement, throw this guy out. And he uh, I've never seen anything like it. It was one of the most unbelievable. That's a spectacle. I, I don't know what all he's been doing is trying to is saying stuff about his campaign since this Robert Orr work since this time happened Um, it's unhelpful it's vapid he tried to flex and I think look like a badass and he ended up looking weak and ineffectual and it is completely that's embarrassing it's embarrassing for his party it's embarrassing for his campaign it's uh, it's completely vapid and it's entirely unhelpful and unnecessary especially when all of the things that they're talking about don't i mean you can say ban guns ban this ban that i've given statistics there were several different surveys that came from the department of justice joe biden's own department of justice one of those survey actually two of them came out under obama biden the majority of of criminals who are in state prisons obtained their firearms and by majority we're like talking 79 percent obtained their firearms through the black market or straw purchase now back in 2012 joe biden and this was reported by the associated press i have links from associated press daily caller and guardian joe biden had said to some reporters on a conference call a press like a press avail but on the phone that quote we don't have time to prosecute everyone who falsifies a 4473 meaning 
we don't have time to prosecute people who are committing the, the straw purchases. But the vast majority, it's black market, it's theft, it's straw purchases. So what they're calling for is not even going to be helpful. Further, and I'm going to send this all out to you in an email. Further, the Department of Justice also did surveys on the myth of the assault weapons ban. And this is something that's been, I mean, uh, talked about quite a bit. It is, the, and this was something that Biden mentioned in his address yesterday, saying, well, I did it once. I ban-. He, he, didn't ban, he didn't ban assault weapons, quote-unquote assault weapons. That is, a, again, a, a phrase that's not accurate. It's just you're talking about uh, semi-automatic rifles. That's it. And people only want to ban the black ones. Because there are other firearms that are chambered and do exactly like the popular everybody. People only know AR-15. They don't know anything else. But there's there's, you know, quite a, a there's others that people just think, well, if that has a wood stock, the for instance, the, the Ruger Mini 14 Ranch, it's chambered for two, two, three. But it doesn't look like an AR-15. So nobody wants to go after that one. And they don't consider that a quote unquote assault weapon. These people, they, it, that's the thing. You can talk about all of these other, the, the, the assault weapons ban didn't work either. As I was saying, there was, there was a uh, DOJ study. I, and I have links I'm going to send to you if you sign up for the newsletter over at Chapter and Verse. This is the, why you do it. Uh, New York Times, Washington Post, Mother Jones, by the way, uh, also, which is, you know, super conservative website, wink, wink. They also cited this vice as well. And here's a very interesting story that I wanted to pose that I wanted to bring your attention to from Politico. I have this say from October 12th, 2015. The Politico piece discusses how Biden was publicly talking about an assault weapons ban, but privately he was actually trying to make deals and lobby people against it. Uh, you're just as flummoxed as I am. I know. I get it. But the assault weapons ban, it didn't work. The New York Times has a, a fantastic, I can't believe I'm saying this. The New York Times has a fantastic piece on this. It did not at all whatsoever move the needle. Uh, Department of Justice, the Rand Corporation, and ProPublica have all conducted independent studies of this, and they have all concluded the exact same thing. It did not reduce crime. It didn't do any of these things. Further, California being the state that first introduced red flag laws and universal background checks still has one of the highest crime rates. Now, speaking of red flag laws and universal background checks, you are going to see legislation. The Hill already has it. So this is, and and keep in mind, red flag laws, remember how I was saying that Republicans, you need to be very careful about soft on the second senators. And Dr. Oz supports red flag laws. Joe Manchin also does. And it looks like this, they're going to run this up the flagpole before midterms. Senators in both parties say red flag legislation, according to The Hill, it has the best chance of securing enough bipartisanship to make it to Biden's desk. A number of senators are getting on board and you will have some Republicans that do the same just because they have an R after their name does not mean that they understand firearms. Now, remember, the red flag system is just like all of the other options that we currently have available through the courts to adjudicate someone unfit and remove their firearms for them from them. The difference between the legal methods that we have to adjudicate someone unfit and red flag law is that red flag law enforces the penalty first. You, with red flag law, due process is removed and the 
that whole going to court and talking to a judge and how this works in our republic is reversed. So instead, with a red flag law, you have to prove your innocence to obtain your property and clear your name. That is the difference. I've written two books on this. I'm I'm happy to explain the legislation that has been proposed. I'm happy to go through it bit by bit. But that is exactly the difference. Like I said, we have it. It's a very serious thing. If it is a serious thing to strip someone of their rights, it's a serious thing to go before a judge. Furthermore, you also have restraining orders, TROs, and there's a whole bunch of discussion with capital L libertarians about that. But there are my point is that there are so many ways if someone is a danger to themselves or others to neutralize the threat that they pose either to themselves or others without having to remove due process for an entire nation. That is my point. And this red flag law going through the Senate will do just that. And you will have Republicans that support it. And it will pass. I guarantee you. If it, and that's what they're trying to move it towards uh, before midterm. Susan Collins will support it. Joe Manchin will support it. Lindsey Graham will support it. Lindsey Graham actually supported red flag legislation with Senator Richard Blumenthal and Senator Maggie Hassan back in 2018. And you also had Rubio, who worked with Rick Scott, Jack Reed, and Angus King to do their own version. I read both of those in their entirety. I read both proposals front to back. Every single page, every single sentence. Neither are constitutional. I don't care if a Republican wrote them. I'm giving you my honest assessment. So, this is our... This is what we're going to be dealing with. And then, of course, the universal background check system. Quickly to explain, the universal background check system is an expansion of the current background check system to a disastrous degree because it requires you to ultimately become a de facto FFL, since the, which is a federal firearms licensee, since the only people who can access the background check system are federal firearms licensees in order to remain and, and keep in mind this is coming out right when the senate brought out and introduced a bill to make every american to purchase a gun get an ffl we just talked about this yesterday interesting so what this will require is if something like this were to pass and everyone's turns into a de facto FFL or if they try to make that happen with the secondary Senate bill that we discussed yesterday, what that means is in order to even purchase a firearm, you would have to have permission from the federal government and you would have to consent to audits through. It used to be through the ATF, the Senate bill that uh, is separate from the one I'm talking about right now that they're that they're wanting to push through with universal background checks. The make everyone an FFL, the secondary Senate bill, uh, what that would do is it would uh, an FFL again means federal firearms licensee you would have to obtain permission from the federal government and you would have to agree to audits meaning they would have to come and do inspections of your home and look at all your firearms and then determine whether or not they agree with how you're keeping and or storing them that is in 18 USC 922 also the ATF has a ton of different explainers there are multiple classes of FFLs we've talked about that prior I don't know how they would under which one they would like what 303 that's like the collector's one that's the only thing i can think of um and uh additionally that senate bill uh that's separate from the universal background check one that would also remove the administration of this program from the atf to the doj 
which I think is important for other reasons that we will discuss later. But there's a universal background check bill. And then there's also additionally a red flag bill. And that is what we're that's what we're looking at. So I just I'm just telling you that's been some of the response I have not seen as part of uh, part of any of the response, any discussion for any kind of federal proposal for school security. We sent over 40 million dollars to 40 billion dollars, excuse me, to Ukraine. And we are not spending anything on federal funding for uh, school safety. If that is, you know, discussion Um, and in many states, they have actually spent this on their own. In Texas, for instance, uh, we had school spending that numbered two hundred and eleven billion or sorry, two hundred and eleven million dollars in twenty nineteen fiscal year twenty nineteen alone. That was what the state legislature had budgeted budgeted for school security. I don't know what that's being used for. I don't know what the oversight is on that. That was one of the questions that I was hoping would be asked during this press conference. And I think that, Kane, we should put out an ask to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick to maybe he can he can answer some of those specific questions. Uh, because Texas also has what they call the Guardian Program, and that was specifically designed to help schools, no matter where you are, no matter what your locality is, or how much budget you have from property tax, to make sure that you have a security system in place, and that you also have people who can get permitted through the Guardian Program, and they can provide school security. So these are all questions that I would love to to see asked. Uh, It's a lot. It's been a crazy kind of a show. I'm going to send an email out with a bunch of this information. And tomorrow, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to go through every bit of this bit by bit. Uh, Some of the guests that we have booked uh, include my dear friend, Andy Pollock, whose daughter Meadow was was, uh, murdered uh, in the Parkland massacre. And one of the things that Andy has done is he has created this national program called Fix It. And that's exactly what they do. They go school by school, district by district, and they do an assessment and they harden soft targets. And they are incredibly successful at this. We're going to talk to him about this tomorrow. We're also going to, who else do we have uh, for tomorrow too? It's kind of crazy. Beth Van Dyne. And we also have Texas rep. Uh, Matt Schaefer and Texas Representative Matt Schaefer. He's going to be an- to be able to answer specific questions about school funding, specifically the you know hundreds of millions that has been that that was that was allocated uh, through the school budget. Uh, these the this money that was allocated for school security, specifically school security enhancements. Uh, how do we know what was spent, where it was spent, when it was spent? And what additional, because remember, there was safety money, uh, school security money in the COVID relief bill as well. Um, what additional monies federal wise did, did Texas receive from that? So a million questions. And then we have Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we can expect federally as well. So a lot on the plate tomorrow. We're going to answer all your questions. And if there's other questions that you think should be asked, particularly if you're in the chat on YouTube, uh, let Lorraine know because she will. And Lorraine is our very generous and gracious moderator of the chat that we have for YouTube and she will make sure I get those questions and we'll get all those answered because people have questions and that's what we want to do is make sure that they're explained, you understand, and that you have answers to those questions. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome back to the Dana Show. Uh, go to Substack, and I'm. This is not going to be behind a firewall or anything else. But sign up, and I'm going to send. Uh, I'll have an email where I have all of the stuff that we've been discussing today included. Uh, furthermore, we are reaching out to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick because there's two things specifically that I want to know: the time between 
the first engagement with law enforcement by this murderer to the last engagement with this uh, with law enforcement by this murderer. There are a lot of questions that I have about that particular that particular part of this, uh, who he was engaged by. And for instance, one of the things that I keep seeing over and over again, and this was something that they had discussed. um, I think I think actually Governor Abbott had discussed this uh, in law enforcement, too, that it was a special uh, patrolman in Customs and Border Patrol. And someone had said it was like a special operations version of it, not as special ops marksman, as I'm seeing verified accounts state. This is the worst game of telephone ever. So I'm, we're going to get clarification on all of this stuff. And if he can't join us, then we can get, I just simply want clarification on, on these things. And then we're going to break everything else down tomorrow as well. But it's been, it's, it's one of those broadcast days. There's a lot of information and I am only going to give you things that are confirmed. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to get into all of that. What I tell you, I have absolute audio on and official statements on. So we're going to continue breaking this down tomorrow. As I told you, we have Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne to talk about what you can expect federally. We have Texas state lawmaker Matt Schaefer to talk about specific funding, where it is going, where I mean, hundreds of millions. Uh, what, how is it being spent? And he can he can is in the best position to give us answers on that as well. God bless. Hug your kids. And remember, the person with the calmest, coolest head in the room can figure their way out of any situation. Take that to heart. Back with you tomorrow.